Support for this podcast is provided by SurveyMonkey for HR. SurveyMonkey helps solve some of the toughest challenges facing human resources professionals today. From recruiting to retention to offboarding, SurveyMonkey gives you the expertise, speed and scale you need to collect any type of employee feedback. So whether you want to improve your employee experience, increase employee engagement or streamline program application management, SurveyMonkey can help. Start collecting and acting on employee feedback to attract, engage and retain top talent for your business. Visit surveymonkey.com slash future. That's surveymonkey.com slash future today and learn how to start building a better workplace. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 173 of the Recruiting Future podcast. We dedicate a lot of time on this show to talking about technology-driven change. It's also important to recognise the role that process innovation is currently playing in the evolution of recruiting. Agile recruiting, lean recruiting, these are just two of the huge amounts of phrases that are being thrown around at the moment. But what does this actually all mean in practice? My guest this week is Craig Brown from Just In Time Recruiting. Craig is just the right combination of cutting-edge thinker and pragmatic recruiting practitioner to explain the current landscape to us. Hi Craig and welcome to the podcast. Hi Matt, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just quickly introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, sure. My name is Craig Brown and I'm the founder of JustInTimeRecruiting.com and the author of the Lean Recruiting Toolkit. Fantastic. Now, um, you know, I've known you for a, a few years in sort of various different guises. Um, and I think um, before we sort of get into talking about exactly what just-in-time recruiting um, and lean recruiting are, um, it would be good just to, for everyone, I think, just to hear a little bit um, about your story, how you got into recruitment, some of the things you've done, um, so, and some of the frustrations that you've, that you've experienced that you're, that you're currently trying to solve. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I guess probably in total, I have about 15 or 16 years experience in the recruitment space overall. I mean, like a lot of people, uh, I have some experience as a hiring manager and then some uh, corporate uh, HR experience as well. Um, and then I was involved with an HR tech startup for a while. And really for the last sort of six or seven years, uh, I've been running uh, my own recruiting agency, which I kind of got into without any previous experience, which um, I, I probably wouldn't recommend, but that's the way it happened for me. Um, so as I sort of moved along through my agency experience, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of process optimization. And, and as I went along, I'd sort of learn new ways of doing things and making things happen a bit faster uh, and a bit more smoothly. And I, I gradually tried to work that forward to, uh, to make a very um, uh, smooth recruitment process for myself and for my customers. So um, when it comes to sort of uh, process 
optimization um, in recruiting and, and trying to find sort of more efficient ways of working, whether that's for, for agencies or um, for employers themselves. Words like lean and agile um, that come from sort of, uh, you know, various other, um, you know, various other industries, you know, manufacturing processes, um, you know, Silicon Valley product development processes um, seem to kind of get thrown around without much um, thought about, uh, you know, what they actually mean and how they can be adapted to recruitment. Um, I know this is an area that you've kind of really, really thought about and really kind of looked into. Can you sort of tell us a little bit more about what lean and agile mean to you? Well, I, I don't think they have to be overly um, defined. I mean, what it's really all about is making things work um, better and more smoothly and, and coming up with better results uh, over time. So like a lot of people, I've been hearing a lot about lean uh, the last few years. You, you hear people give talks about it and how it can be applied to recruiting, but it, it it seems a lot like people trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It, it works in manufacturing, so can it work in recruitment? It works in the startup world, so can it work in recruitment? Um, but for me, the, the real problem with it until now has been that it's it's a lot of theory, but there's not much in practice. So what I've tried to develop is uh, a very real framework for uh, using lean and agile principles and implementing uh, real takeaways for the recruiting function. So you, you're kind of calling this just-in-time recruiting. Um, tell us about it and how it works. Well, basically, um, the theory part of it is, is that in order to be successful in recruiting, you, you really need three main things. So the first thing you need is skill, right? So that whether that's uh, interviewing skills or your skills at conducting Boolean search or whatnot. And that's largely reliant on your, your knowledge and your experience and uh, your, your education. The second thing you need, of course, is technology. It's, it's hard to imagine recruiting nowadays without some form of technology. Uh, and the third component, which I quite often find missing, is the strategy component. It's great to have skill and technology, but that only means you're going to be successful some of the time. And then when you're not successful, you're not going to know why. So what I offer is sort of the strategy component. So strategy, whether it's in recruiting or any other part of business, really is going to consist of two main things. It's going to consist of a plan, and it's going to consist of the built-in capacity to change that plan when new information comes to light. So for our plan, uh, we've developed, well, I've developed um, something called uh, the Lean Recruiting Canvas, and probably a lot of your listeners will be familiar with that terminology. There was a uh, the business model canvas was come up with a, by a guy called Alexander Osterwalder, which was adapted by another gentleman called Ash Moria, who created the Lean Startup Canvas. So we use that to make our initial plan, and there's a number of uh, categories or boxes on, the, on this one-page plan. And then as we go forward, we analyze our progress, and we measure it, and we uh, make changes as and when necessary to the plan to make sure we get closer and closer to the perfect hire over time. So can you tell us a little bit more about the the recruiting canvas? You know, what, what are the elements? How, um, you know, how, how does this kind of way of doing strategy differ? Um, and how does it get results very, very quickly? Well, I think the important thing to remember about the Lean Recruiting Canvas is that um, it doesn't, it's not meant to give you all the answers. What it's meant to do is ensure that you ask yourself all the right questions. So there's 10 different boxes, um, but they largely fall into two categories. Uh, one category would be looking at the business, business needs, business requirements, and return on investment for the business. And other, the other section would basically be on internal things you need to look at, such as identifying what the ideal employee would look like uh, compared with the type of person you need to hire 
And based on the ideal employee, uh, what process, what recruiting process you need to use for that type of role. And basically, you'd have one canvas for each type of hire that, that you need to do. So you'd have you know, one canvas, for example, for your iOS developers, one for your electrical engineers, one for your administrative assistants, one for your accountants, and so on. Okay, so um, you know, from that point, um, so it's it's kind of creating a canvas. It sounds to me like it's um, you know, collecting a lot of information and really thinking about um, thinking about the way forward. Um, how does the process move forward from there? Uh, so from there, um, well, you you implement your your hiring process, and um, what I encourage people to do is once a week to kind of sit down with themselves or a colleague and measure how their results are going. Um, so we would identify as part of that canvas key metrics that you want to look at. Uh, I'm a big proponent of sort of ratio analysis between the steps. So, for example, um, for every 10 candidates, you get to sit um, a behavioral assessment, how many of them pass and and proceed to the next step. And out of the ones that get to the next step, how many get to the next step and so on. And if you see one of your areas ballooning, that's when you sort of sit down and say, okay, well, something's uh, not quite working here. We need to check that out. Um, Essentially, what we're looking for is something I'm calling uh, catalyst, uh, which I guess in common parlance would be more like when you run into a problem or there's there's a, there's a blip in the road. Um, but we call them catalysts because it's an opportunity for change. So essentially, there's there's two types of catalysts. There's obstructive catalysts and latent catalysts. An obstructive catalyst is something everybody would recognize. It's when you're looking for a candidate for a role, and no matter how hard you look, you absolutely cannot find a single solitary person. So you're obstructed from proceeding to the next step, which hopefully is hiring someone. So those are pretty obvious, but latent catalysts are something um, that really only become obvious upon regular sort of weekly inspection of your process. Um, Maybe um, your numbers are ballooning on one of your ratios and you need to find out why, Um, or perhaps um, your hiring panel, they're focusing more on nice-to-have characteristics than must-haves. Um, and they're getting a bit off track. I think that's interesting because obviously that's an advantage of using a process, um, using a process like this. What are the other advantages of working in this way? Well, for me, it just ensures that uh, that nothing really gets forgotten. I guess that's the main thing. But it also gives you uh, a framework that you can show to uh, other parts of the business. So, you know, if you have a hiring manager who's left um, a role with you for a month and they're not getting any results, then you can go back to them and say, well you know, here's the process that we discussed and perhaps agreed on, hopefully agreed on. Um, I've tried X, Y, and Z for a month. None of these have worked. Here are my recommendations for change. What do you think? So really, it kind of gets buy-in from business as well um, and shows them that um, that there's a lot more to actually recruiting than than, than a lot of people think. Now, I, I know this is a process you use yourself and it's also one that you teach to other people, um, you know, either from something that you've done or, um, you know, through stuff that's come out in your sort of various workshops. Um, could you sort of give us a practical example um, of, of, say, a specific role and, and how this might work? Yeah, so I had uh, uh, one participant in one of my workshops. They were looking for uh, sort of mid-level software salespeople, uh, sort of two to five years experience. And uh, one of the one of the points we identified on when we were sort of filling out the ideal candidate section is that, uh, you know, a lot of employers will assist on, you know, two years plus or three to five years. And I just pointed out that's that's a rather sort of arbitrary number. Why not? Why not 1.5 years or 1.3 years? As long as they can prove that they can do the job. 
Um, so I think with her in particular, that really struck home. And when she went back to home office, she sort of thought, well, rather than looking for a set number of years experience, why don't we look for someone who can prove to us that they can sell what they said that they can sell? And those proof points are um, uh, a little more difficult to find rather than looking for sort of two years or three years on a resume. Um, but they can be found and, and they're, they're kind of necessary to prove as well, particularly for sales roles. So in a nutshell, they, they dropped their, their number of years requirement and actually managed to make some hires with people with less experience, but appropriate experience. So um, it sounds like the, you know, the, 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 the process of going through and filling out the, um, the initial canvas is absolutely, is absolutely critical here. Can you tell us a little bit more about the canvas and a bit more about the process that people need to go through to um, fill it out effectively? Yeah, sure. So generally speaking, what people do is they start with um, the problem identification. And normally when you, when you say problem, people think about the recruiter's problem. You know, uh, Bob's quit, so he needs to be replaced. But what we're really talking about here is the, the, the problem that the, the company has encountered that needs to be resolved. So just to give you a quick example, um, just because somebody's quit doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be replaced. Maybe the, the company is going through a slower time, and that's the reason why the person quit and they don't need to be replaced. Um, another example would be uh, on, on the more positive side, let's say uh, an employer has more leads for business coming in than they can currently deal with. Um, and if they don't hire a new salesperson, those leads kind of fall through the cracks and, and get away. So the first, the first part is the identification of the corporate problem. And then we move on to the solution, um, which normally is hire full-time employee, but not always. So, you know, maybe one time out of 20, you actually don't need to hire someone that saves your company money, but it's also good for morale as well, because you don't have people hanging around, not, not doing enough. So from the solution, we go on to um, identify uh, what we need in an ideal employee. So most roles have three or four main functions. You need to do X, Y, and Z to be successful in this role. And you would build the ideal employee uh, profile out of that. You'd come up with sort of three to five bullet points that um, are critical to the role. And those are the points that you need to prove as you're going through uh, the recruitment process. So from there, you move on to the process section, um, build out your process based on what you need to prove about the ideal employee. You'd obviously want to tackle the, the easiest things first and move on to the more challenging things as you get through the process. Um, decide your channels, decide what uh, metrics you want to measure as you go through it. Um, and then toward the end, we want to tie it all back to the business. We want to work out how much this new employee is going to cost us to hire how much it's going to cost us to employ them, and then what value they're adding to the business. So basically, when you're completed making this whole plan, um, you can go back to the hiring manager, uh, get sign-off from them, and get agreement. You might have to make a few more tweaks, but then when you have agreement, it tends to make things move a little bit more fast. Um, you know, you'll get probably faster turnaround times from the hiring manager as well if they're on board with the process that you're using. And it shows them that you've given it quite a bit of thought as well. So final question, where can people go to learn more about this process and uh, where can they find you? Um, so my website is justsometimerecruiting.com. There's a fair amount of information on there. Um, of course, we have the book. We have an online course as well. And uh, I conduct uh, regular workshops on this process. Craig, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. Much appreciated. My thanks to Craig Brown. 
You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.